Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Dreamer to Entrepreneur. We are excited to have you here listening today and have another topic. I I was going to say fun, but I don't know how fun this topic is (laughs) that we wanted to chat with you all today. And it really pertains, you know, more to my industry, but we wanted to discuss a little bit about the retail apocalypse that is kind of happening slash looming slash going on right now, what it is kind of how to survive it, how to, you know, avoid and kind of just our tips and advice for you all. Welcome to the Dreamer to Entrepreneur podcast, a show designed to motivate and inspire women to stop sitting on the sidelines of life and finally take action towards accomplishing their dreams. Join us, Brittany Hughes and Amanda Benedict, as we share business advice, as well as our own experiences of starting and building a successful business while also juggling mom life. You'll also hear from other amazing women who bring their own message and advice to the show through inspiring interviews. It's all collaboration over competition here. Get ready to dream big, take action, and always show kindness. Let's dive in. I had, you know, not being in the retail industry, I honestly wasn't aware. I knew that I guess brick and mortar retail businesses were kind of struggling just because people are shopping online these days. But I never had heard about the quote unquote retail apocalypse term until a few weeks ago. And so that's when I reached out to you and I was like, oh my gosh, Amanda, is this real? And And it's something, and it's not a new term. Um, It has been going on. And I would say, honestly, there has been kind of like the last 10 years that there has been a kind of decline in brick and mortar business as, you know, e-commerce has been growing, you know, Amazon, things like that. I think as, yeah, so basically kind of, I think as e-commerce has been growing over the last 10 years, technology, things like that, I think as almost like an oversaturation of malls and things like that, that has kind of caused a decline. I think that what is the right way to phrase it? I feel like the middle class the last, you know, however long has kind of been taking a big hit. Mm-hmm. And as that's happening, like kind of the middle class cus is like the death of the middle class customer. And not every big box store can offer or can afford to sell at lower margins. Right. I think that's why you see a lot of the big kind of I would say more higher end department stores are closing because they can't afford to lower their margins and to remain in business. So there's definitely a lot of things that contributes to it and contributes to the decline of brick and mortar. And it has been something that's been going on for a while, but definitely the last couple of years, I think the pandemic kind of accelerated it a little bit because of the boost in online sales. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think people, I, I think the pandemic made people realize, I think people got used to ordering online. Mm-hmm. Like I know for me, just a simple everyday things like, I don't, what's one, like I, I don't know, maybe my protein powder or something like that. Yeah. Something I used to like go to the vitamin shop for. 
And now I get it on Amazon because, and that started like during the pandemic. And now it's just like, I'm kind of just in the routine. Yeah. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. online. And I think a lot of people kind of just got in that habit. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and it affects a lot of brick and mortar stores and kind of with inventory, it's like as their sales decrease, they can't carry the variety. They can't stock on the shelf things that aren't moving. So their options are going to decline and then they're not going to have what you want. Okay, well, they don't carry it anymore. I'm going to have to go elsewhere. I'm going to have to go on Amazon because Amazon has all the things I need. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of like a, not like a cycle, but a, like a cause and effect kind of issue. Yeah. And with the you know retail apocalypse, you're seeing more and more of the big box stores that are closing and closing hundreds of stores. I know this year, Bed Bath & Beyond claimed bankruptcy, closed, you know, hundreds of stores. Foot Locker closed hundreds. I think this year they're going to close by the end of the year, like over 500 stores. Even Walmart is closing, yes. you know, a fair amount of stores. Even, you know, Amazon, I even read they're closing some of their, I've never been to one, but they have their like ghost stores where you just put stuff in yeah. your bag and walk out and and they charge your account or something. They're even closing some of their stores. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, it's affecting a lot of the big box stores. And another thing I've been noticing too is people are moving away from malls. Yeah. And I remember when we grew up, I mean, you went to go hang out at the mall. Like that's where you went to hang out. That's where you went to shop. You know, going to Haynes Mall was like, because I lived on this side of the town. So we went to Ocala or Four Seasons, but going to Haynes Mall used to be like, oh my gosh, it's so big. It's so huge. Yeah. I mean, it used to be like a tree and now it's dead. Mean, yeah. Dead. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, and it used to, I mean, I remember it being like special to go to mall. If you're seeing a lot of Bath and Body Works, for example, that's pulling out of malls and they're still building you know, new stores, but they're, you know, independent, like outside of mall projects. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing that a lot of too, like the shift from having this kind of centralized shopping building to, you know, moving outside of the mall. Yeah. Well, and I think that too, like one thing to think of with the shift is just the different generations. Like, you know, we were mm-hmm. like when we were younger mm-hmm. um, and I know my mom has even mentioned like when she was you know, in her teens, twenties, the Haynes mall was where you would go to. And like, I look at, you know, back in the day, like those generations versus the teens nowadays, I I think when it comes to shopping, people Mm -hmm. want things quick, like this Mm -hmm. whole gen Z, they don't have time or the patience to sit around and browse. I don't think. Yeah. That is not, that's not what they do. They're in, they get their product, they're out. If they're Mm -hmm. even shopping, I think they're just geared and wired to shop online Mm -hmm. because, you know, I remember being a stay-at-home mom or, you know, looking at stay-at-home moms back when I was in high school, they would take their kids to the mall and just kind of hang out. And I don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, moms aren't doing that anymore. A, I Mm -hmm. think safety reasons, B, like that's, again, like browsing just isn't really a thing. So yeah, it's funny how the the shift is happening. I think yeah, obviously because of the internet, but I think also just like generations are just different yeah. these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Are you seeing it? Like I know you're not a brick and mortar, you know, so to speak, but are you seeing a shift in 
the shows and that sort of thing. And it definitely has been a weird spring. Spring, summer has been weird. And I mean, thankfully, I just came back from a show in Pittsburgh that was off the chain. I am like praising Jesus. <laughs> like Hi. it saved my summer because I would have been so down for ending Q2 and like the, just down for the summer. I was really far down and it really got me where I needed to be, but it really has been a odd spring. Mm-hmm. Shows have been down. Sales have been down. It's not just me. I mean, cause I go to all these events. I go to these shows. We talk to, you become friends with yeah. A lot of people and they travel to different cities and different places. They're from all over, but we all, you almost have like a vendor family. And so we talk to each other and, you know, I've been to some shows where there's people everywhere. You can't walk two feet out of your booth, but no one has bags. No one's buying. No, you know, like, so it's just, it has been a weird spring. Yeah. Like I said, thankfully I just did a show up in Pittsburgh and To be completely honest, going up there, I was very nervous because I was like, this has been an off season and off summer. I'm behind for where I need to be. And I'm going up to Pittsburgh. And how am I going to translate for, you know, because I'm definitely Southern. If you've seen my booth, if you've seen my product, (laughs) like it's country music, Dolly Parton, Johnny Cash, Southern bandanas, cowboy boot, you know, hat stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to translate up north. I've never been so far up north, but Girl, okay, everybody loves Dolly Parton. Everyone yes, they loves do. <laughs> yes, they, <laughs> they still love country music up there. I sold so many bandanas and all the things. I'm like, uh, <laughs> praise Jesus. Yeah, praise Jesus. It was a, a good show. But yeah, I mean, I think with all of just, I guess, the state of where everything's at, a lot of small businesses, I think, carry the brunt of the hardship because you really are like, as soon as you're making money, it's literally going right back out to pay bills and other things. Right. You know, some of these bigger, more established businesses, they have a little bit more, they're getting more profit. So I think that the small businesses are really, I guess, carrying the brunt of the hardship. Unfortunate. I know you had mentioned to me that next year could be the same, if not worse, because of it being an election. You you think that that is like the weirdness that's happened in the spring, do you think that is kind of due to next year being an election year? I mean, I it kind of is early. <laughs> yeah. Um, so usually just, you know, having been in retail so long, I have been in it for multiple different elections. And usually it's, you know, every four years, whenever there's election year, it usually is a hard year for retail. People are a little bit more tighter with their wallets just because of all of the uncertainty that is coming going and there's so much i feel like the news and everything you're just bombarded with so much stuff during election years that it really you know it kind of has people off their game mm-hmm. so yeah going through this spring and seeing how like it's kind of been an off spring it kind of makes you nervous for you know well what is next year going to be like because mm-hmm. you know next year historically you know, is going to be a off year. Like if this year's off, what is next year? How off is next year going to be? So yeah, it definitely has me a little bit anxious, a little bit nervous. And I'm still trying, like for me, just trying to figure out the best plan of attack, so to speak, and how to kind of navigate 
all of the changing things that are constantly happening. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I think as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, that you have to be willing and open to changing and pivoting at any point. Yes. Because things are constantly changing in the world. New technology is coming out. Things are always going on. Things are, you know, just life events, things happen. I think as an entrepreneur, no matter what your industry is, having the ability to pivot and change and go in a different direction, you know, it is vital. You can't just do one thing and stick with that one thing. You know, I love mom and pop stores. You've been doing it the same way 50 years. I love them. I love going in them, but we can't do that anymore and still survive and still prosper. Yes, exactly. And I think that's one where our, you know, as an entrepreneur, a business owner, you know, there's a part of us, I think, and all of us that Mm -hmm. we have some type of creativity in us to the point where we want to take on building this business. And so I think using that really channeling into that and using that to really start thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. of how can you set yourself apart from other people and know that you don't have to follow what everyone else is doing. I, one thing that my business coach, Taryn, shout out Taryn. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we love her Taryn. on the podcast. I just but, shipped her a shirt this week. <laughs> oh, nice. Or last week. Yes. I know she patiently waited. Something was out of stock forever. <laughs> and I finally got it in and shipped it to her this week. Nice. But one thing that she just, she's always preaching is that do your business your way. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's so true. There is not a one size fits all to every yeah. business, no matter what industry you're in, you do your business your way. And this actually last night I was, I don't, I came across an article about Zara. You may be mm-hmm. familiar with how they run their business, but they are actually, they have not had a decline. Like the retail apocalypse is not affecting them. And it is because they, I guess they do all production or something in-house. So their costs are very low about, you know, what they Mm -hmm. have to, I guess. I don't know. I just know that they're. Yeah. If they're producing it, their cost is low because yeah, they have production costs versus wholesale cost. Yeah. Yeah. And they, the way what they have done to set themselves apart is, you know, like a lot of these big stores, they get bulk of say this one shirt, they get a lot of this one shirt and a lot of this pants. And once it's sold out, they'll reorder it. Whereas they, I think they do three or four of Mm -hmm. everything. So they've got, for instance, their fall line that's coming up. It's like three or four of each item. And if that doesn't sell, okay, then I think it gets sent to clearance. If it does sell, Mm -hmm. great. Those four are sold. They know for the next line coming out to kind of pay attention to that, but Mm -hmm. it's never repurchased or remade. Yeah. And yeah. so it puts that scarcity mindset in their client mm-hmm. or their customers. And I think you have that too, right? Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. a lot of custom stuff that you do, like your bandanas, yeah. your hats. Bandanas, hats, jackets. Yeah. Yeah. And so creating that scarcity mindset when customers see it, even mm-hmm. like in store, online, no matter where it's at, they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, I got to get it because it's going to get sold out. Like they purposely did that to keep mm-hmm. them That's um, smart. Yeah. separated. And so I think just, thinking how you can, 
Well, and that kind of brings up because some of the reason I think behind, you know, store closing and things like that, obviously it's due to poor performance, but poor retail management and more specifically inventory management. So I think Zara is very smart by doing that because they are having more control over your inventory. And I could preach all day about inventory management. That was my pet peeve. (laughs) Working in retail, as long as I have, I've done a lot of inventory management. And people do not realize how important inventory management is, how important it is that you're ringing through the correct item, the correct amount of times, and that your numbers are, I mean, it affects so much about your buying and your spending and your, you know, there's so much that relies on proper inventory management and it really can make or break your business. I, yeah, like girl, I could talk for days about inventory management that, (laughs) but yeah, I think Zara is very smart by doing that and being kind of in control, not overproducing. So they have a lot of excess that they have to clear because obviously if you're clearancing stuff, you're not making your margins, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of, I think a lot of people with it can overbuy. And that's one thing like that I have been very conscious of over this spring and summer is just being mindful of my inventory levels and how much I'm buying and not overbuying. Mm-hmm. letting things run down, letting things run low before I'm placing like a restock order. Right. And just being very systematic. And I know there'll be times, like I just mentioned about tearing, I was out of the tank top she wanted in the size. And I told her, I said, look, like, this is my schedule. This is when it's getting reprinted, you know, July, August, you know, and she patiently waited. She had no problem waiting. I just kind of let her know you know, I'm waiting until it sells down to this level before I'm placing a reorder. Mm-hmm. So just being mindful, I think, of your inventory and what you're spending, I think is a really important tip. Because let's be honest, I mean, there are, I mean, there's almost a million brick and mortar stores. I think it's like 900 and something thousand brick and mortar stores. And yes, over the next, I don't know, five years, they're saying, you know, probably 5% of those are going to close. But of Mm 900,000, there's still going to be a lot of brick and mortar stores open. Right. There are, there are going to be a, you can survive it. You just need to kind of navigate and protect yourself. And I think, you know, thinking about why are people going to a brick and mortar, you know, it's not necessarily for, you know, if you're a clothing store, you know, don't just think about the clothes you're like, yes, think about the clothes you're selling, but like anybody can go on Amazon or wherever and get a pair of pants or a pair or a shirt. Yeah. What is setting your business apart outside of those products you're selling? Yeah. And I think that's where customer service comes into play. What are you doing? Customer service. Yeah. And like you say, or I've heard you say it before, be the Chick-fil-A of your industry. There will always be brick and mortar stores. Mm-hmm. There are people who want that experience, want to go and be social and have that experience and go to a store and shop. And there are going to be times where you need something and you don't have time to wait for Amazon tomorrow. You need it right. today. You're going to a kid's birthday party. You need X, Y, Z. You need it today. So there's always going to be a need for brick and mortar. But as you're navigating the changes, 
it's important that you provide the best service possible and create a unique experience that will make people want to come back to you. Mm-hmm. And we talked about like what sets your business apart is you. What makes your business special is you. So make that experience with that customer, make it unique, make it special. I've heard the term, you know, because I think in any business that you go to, you go to conferences, you go to meetings, you have corporate event, you know, so I've heard it a lot and I can't remember who I heard it from, but it actually, it might've been Vera Bradley Bar- or Barbara Bradley Barkard, who's the found one of the founders of Vera Bradley would say to touch every customer. And that doesn't literally mean put your hand on every customer, um, which sometimes it does. Sometimes I touch customer. It depends on the situation and the vibe you're getting. (laughs) But sometimes I do put my hand on a customer or like hug them or whatnot. But to touch every customer and just being even just in their experience, create that unique experience for your customer that's going to want, make them want to come back to you. Mm -hmm. And that's really how, you know, you can survive, you know, this apocalypse mm-hmm. retail. <laughs> and it can be something as simple as, you know, not touching every customer, but saying hello and being friendly. I mean, that is something yeah. it's just mind blowing to me how mm. it that is so hard to come by. I was yesterday, I was coming home from the beach and I stopped yeah. at a, it was a little coffee shop. I knew it was female owned and mm. I stopped in there the cutest, cutest store. The inside, like everything was absolutely precious. I was so excited to order that cup of coffee and to, you know, I wanted to talk to the owner and just, you know, Mm -hmm. talk to her and let her know, you know, we own a a podcast for female entrepreneurs and just kind of talk to her about her story. And like, I was standing there looking at the menu and there was three girls behind the desk. Not one of them said hello. Not one of them had a smile on their face. (laughs) And the one was just standing behind the cash register. And I walk up like still never got a, Hey, how are you? Like she was literally just waiting for me to like the, the experience was horrible. Yeah. So I never asked who the owner was. I mean, I, I was just over it and I left with a sour taste and the coffee was amazing, but everything was ruined because it was like they didn't even want me there. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're going to open a business and put all of this effort into it, make sure that, I mean, I just cannot say enough good things about having good customer service. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. To me, that's bottom line going to make, make or break your business. And that was one thing that I always, always look for when I was hiring people isn't necessarily, you know, how much experience they had or how knowledgeable they were about it was their personality. How mm-hmm. did they make me feel? Were they upbeat? And honestly, the ones that were upbeat and friendly and bubbly, those were the people that I gravitated toward. Yes. And because I can train you, I can train you how to work the way I want you to work or do the things the way I want you to do. Mm-hmm. But I can't train someone to have a great, friendly, bubbly personality. Mm -mm. That's a lot harder to train. And I mean, and I specifically remember, you know, certain interviews doing with certain people and I could, you know, because usually I would do interview with like a, another manager or whatnot. And I'm like, I just, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. Like, and I can tell you specific people that I was, did not hire because of 
I just was not vibing. I wasn't feeling that energy. I wasn't feeling that excitement. And especially too, when you're going into interview, you got to, if you're not even going to act excited at your interview, then I know you ain't going to be excited for (laughs) for those customers walking in the door. Right. Yeah. Always my, some of my favorite employees were always the ones who just were bubbly and high spirited and just happy and just, you know, no matter what, you know, and those are the kind of people that I think, you know, that I want working for me or want working with me. Because again, like that can make or break your business. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that is, you can bring that in not only with saying hello and greeting people Mm -hmm. if, you know, if you're a retail store, but, or I mean, anywhere, but, you know, we're specifically talking about like retail and stuff in this episode. But I think, you know, there's other little things you can do as well. Like I've seen stores that have a mural, like a wall painting Mm -hmm. where they gravitate customers by like getting selfies done there. Yeah. Serving. I know some retail stores serve mimosas or, you know, little drinks. Yeah. Just little things like that. Thinking Um, outside of the box. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, even with like your packaging, like when you send an order, you know, like sending a sticker or a, I know some people send a thank you card, like just going above and beyond. Go the extra, go a little bit extra. Oh, another, okay. I have another Vera Bradley quote (laughs) or a a Barbara Bradley Barker quote. The difference between ordinary and extraordinary is a little bit extra. So go do a little bit extra. (laughs) I've been to a lot of Vera Bradley conferences and and (laughs) met her many a time. She is a doll. Oh, but, um, Yes, the difference between ordinary and extraordinary is just a little extra. Mm-hmm. And then, too, like you said, you have to be willing to kind of think outside the box, think of creative ways to do things. Like, I love having a selfie wall or like a mural outside of your business that brings people to you. Think of like social media and influencers and all that kind of stuff. Another thing, like you said, I don't have a brick and mortar store. I'm a traveling boutique. So I participate in pop-up events, pop-up markets. And if you are brick and mortar, I would encourage you to try a vendor market. Now, not just any market, do your research, make sure you participate in one that has a following. If you need suggestions, reach out. I will point you in the right direction, tell you which ones to, to check out, um, at least in the South eastern part of the country. But I would encourage you to try it because a lot of people, they're wanting that experience. People are coming to these events. They're coming to these festivals. They're wanting this whole experience. There's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of people gone. People are shopping. People are coming there to shop. Not every little pop-up you know, in a church parking lot is going to be beneficial. Like Some are better than others. I will tell you that. I've tried them all. I did over 70 last year. (laughs) I've done a lot. But I definitely encourage you, if you are struggling with your brick and mortar, to try and think outside about try and do some kind of pop-up events or markets and go to the customers because that's where the customers are at. And you can, you know, and even if it doesn't mean a lot of sales that day, it's a great opportunity to network, network with other vendors, network with potential customers get your business cards out there. Like there's so much benefit and it's a lot of hard work. I will tell you, it's a lot of hard work. I'm a one woman show 99% of the time, (laughs) 
let me tell you, like this event I did in Pittsburgh, I was wore out. I was wore out. I um, ended up not bringing Dolly and had to unload everything out of Dolly into a rental truck. You know, it was just, you know, seven days straight of just working outside in the heat. And then like I do the show and you're working all day, mm-hmm. high energy, which is exhausting. Like it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, we're having to be on it, bubbly, all day, friendly. You know, it it is exhausting. But I'll tell you, it was well worth <laughs> I was exhausted when I got home, but it was well worth it. Let me tell you. But yeah, I, I definitely would encourage you if you are brick and mortar store, if you are having trouble to try and do some vendor events. And then also too, if you don't already have social media, you need to get it. It is free to be on there. (laughs) That is where you can connect with customers. It is called social network for a reason. You socialize on there. You connect with people. I know it can be draining and exhaustive and you can get on there and scroll for hours and hours. You don't have to do that. Set aside a amount of time for you to get on and be like, I'm going to comment on five people's posts. I'm going to interact with these people. I'm going to send, you know, messages to new followers or or whatnot, whatever you got to do. But if you're not on it, you need to be on it. And then two, I've noticed a lot of people having success as well, doing live sales mm-hmm. on social media. Yeah. So that's just another, you know, like we said, you have to think outside the box and try different things and see what works for you. And yeah, and just you know, pivot and navigate however you need to, to continue to do what you love. Right. And if you go to a vendor market and you don't like it, you don't have to go back. If Mm -hmm. you, if you're posting on social media five days a week and it's draining, scale it down to three. Mm -hmm. The beautiful thing about having your own business is you can do it how you want to do it. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like we say this in every episode, but if you're hitting a wall, if you're feeling confused, unmotivated, reach out to somebody that is a few steps ahead of you and, you know, ask for some advice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 And, And I know we've said it before, find your business bestie, find someone in your line of work who you know, cause your family, your friends who are not small business owners, they're not going to get it and that's fine, They, but they're just not. So right. have someone you can talk to or reach out to that does get it, that you can, you know, I don't want to say just vent to them, but that you can kind of vent and get their ideas and their feedback and they can share with you and vice versa or have many people. I, I mean, I just, like I said, I have vendor family all over, <laughs> all over the place, people that you know, like I was up in, like I said, up in Pittsburgh and sweetest Katie, she's so sweet. She has a mobile boutique as well called Southbound and she's out of Bryson city, but she totally surprised me. I like was in tears on, I was there over my birthday weekend and she had hung up a banner in my booth that Saturday morning. And Mm. I came and saw it and I just, I like got teary eyed. I was like, oh my goodness. And then they ended up all taking me out to a Brazilian steakhouse. You know, you just you have to just find people, find people in the small business world that you can just, you know, build relationships with. And then you can, the only reason I did the Pittsburgh show was because of my friend Katie telling me, 
I know it's far, but you need to go do it. And let me tell you, it made my summer. It made up for July or not July. It was in the end of July. It made up for June being a bad month Mm -hmm. and it made my summer. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't have even known to, to go to that one had Katie not told me to. So it's really important that you find your people find, you know, people that can support you in, in this small business community. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you, so for our listeners that are listening right now that do not currently have a business, I know we have a lot of women, girls that are interested in starting their own boutique Mm -hmm. and they're listening and they're like, oh my gosh, we're in a retail apocalypse and next year is the election year. So I'm just Mm going to hold off. So what would you say to them that are kind of like, they want to get started, but they're also hearing this and kind of uneasy. What would you tell them? Get started. Get started. My, and I know I've said this before on the show, my biggest regret was waiting so long to get started. I should have started 10 years sooner because it takes years to grow your business. It will take years to grow your business. Mm-hmm. So don't wait. Don't wait. Start making the small steps now. In, I guess, the current environment we're in, I would just encourage you to be smart about it, to do research, to not overextend or overspend. You know, I started my business with not wanting to obviously like, unless you have a rich benefactor (laughs) who's just giving you all the capital, most people don't. I did not start my business getting a lot of loans or anything like that. I just kind of started small. And then as I grew, I grew my business and I have been taking smaller income, paying myself less than I probably should because I'm investing more into the growth of my business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's still, it's, I'm still that way. And I did, you know, I did get a business loan back in 2021 when I purchased the truck and did all, you know, all of that thing. So I do have that expense. It's still much cheaper than I would have paid on a brick and mortar rent, to be honest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so if you are in your dreamer stage, if you are wanting to start a boutique, if you are love clothes, love fashion, love styling, don't wait. I would encourage you to get the ball rolling, you know, start building up your social media presence. Start, even if you are almost like a fashion blogger, is starting your social media and start building that, creating a community on there almost like going that route and then, you know, leading up into, you know, you're actually opening. Start now, start putting the legwork in now would be what I'd say. Don't wait. If you're going to do it anytime in 2023, Q4 is the time you want, (laughs) the time you want to be in business. So like, uh, start, (laughs) start planning it now. But yeah, that would be my advice is, you know, don't wait, just be smart about it. And yeah, yeah, be smart about it. Make smart moves. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's with any any business. I mean, you know, I can speak for the online businesses is that just do it because you know what? If you're thinking about this year or next year, you know, in 2025, we may, they're saying aliens are going to invade us. We may yeah. have aliens here. You know, they're, Jesus they're might be coming back. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
always going to be something that we're going to have yes. to pivot around yeah. and work around. Yeah. And, you know, where there's a will, there's a way and you've got people. Mm-hmm. I mean, the- and there's, yeah, like you said, there's always going to be something and just, just to share on like a personal level, I know me and Brittany have talked about it, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. And part of, you know, I've, I've just had a rough summer just in general, my boyfriend that we've been seeing each other for a couple of years now has cancer and he's been going through treatment all summer. And, you know, so just in my personal life, I've had that going on, which is hard and it's rough and it's scary. You know, like I told Brittany today, you know, we, he got his test results back and they weren't great. So, you know, you don't, you don't know what the future holds. We don't know what, you know, God knows. And that's (laughs) that, you know, but you can't be scared. You can't be scared to to start, you can't let fear hold you back. I mean, I, I think you regret more the things that you didn't do than the things you did do and failed. Yep. You know, I, I mean, and that's honestly my biggest, my biggest regret, regret in starting business is waiting too long. Yep. And letting so. that fear mm-hmm. hold us back. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 So take it from us. We, <laughs> we let that fear <laughs> hold us back for long enough. Yes. And yeah, just do it. And like we've said before, nothing is going, your journey is not going to be yeah. smooth, you know, straight it's up. Not gonna it's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be easy. Mm-mm. Amanda and I got on like this recording. And the first thing we said is when is the first day of school? Yes. Like, school. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When did the kids go back? Oh. Um, and I think every mom, mom business owner can feel, feel us on that one. It's, it's been a summer. Let me tell you. Yes. Um, <laughs> So, yeah. but yeah, and I and I think that's uh, one great thing about the entrepreneurship business community. I mean, you know, there's so many businesses out there, but when you sit down and you talk to another business owner, it's like there's immediately just a connection. And mm-hmm. you know, I think every single person has gone through their struggles when it comes to business ownership. But you know, mm-hmm. if if you want it bad enough, you will overcome that hurdle. Yeah. And like I said, I've I've been able to meet so many great small business owners throughout my journey. And another thing too, like I would encourage you to do is, you know, give them a shout out, give them a, you know, tag, follow, promote, you know, share the love with your fellow business owners. Because I have a lot of people who I know are like, what's the right way to say this? Honestly, when you start a business, I'm being real honest it's going to be strangers who are buying stuff from you. It is not going to be, you know, all your, all your, and my friends do buy sometimes, but I mean, like majority of my sales come from people that I've never met before. They're random strangers. I wouldn't know them from, I've gotten to know them, but you get to meet so many different and people are like, oh, well, no one's liking, no one's sharing. I always see that meme, like it costs $0 to like a post on a small business. Well, are you liking posts on other small businesses at the same time? So I'm like, I encourage you, if you have a chance to promote or support or show love or comment or tag or like another small business, do it. It takes two seconds of your time and, you know, pay it forward and hopefully it comes back to you. So, right. That's another little, (laughs) yes, (laughs) little tip, I guess. (laughs) Love it. Yes. I completely agree with that. So to wrap this episode up, if you guys have, you know, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You know, if you have any retail 
specific questions, Amanda is more than happy to answer those. She would be the girl to do that for you. (laughs) And yeah, feel free to shoot us a DM, follow us on Instagram at dreamer.2.entrepreneur. Yeah. So for any of those who are small business owners, I know that things aren't easy. Things are perfect. Um, I know Brittany and I come on here a lot and share a lot of good things, but we're not experts by any means and we still make mistakes. So we have added this new segment called business bloopers, just to share a little bit of our uh, business mishaps. So Brittany, what is your business blooper that you want to share with us today? I honestly, I don't have one specific thing that has happened, I don't think, in the past few weeks. But I mean, just overall, it's just been a, it's been a time this summer Mm -hmm. having to manage getting all of my, you know, managing a business as well as having my son home on summer break. And, you know, I've talked to a lot of mom business owners that can absolutely relate. I mean, it's like I'll set aside time. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to get up at seven o'clock and work and get some stuff done. Well, 7 a.m. rolls around and my son's up with me too. And, (laughs) you know, instead of him sleeping in and it's like he's ready to play or then in the evenings, it's nothing ever goes as planned. You know, I can sit here and I can plan out my tomorrow and do my block schedule and say, okay, I'm going to work at this hour and this hour and this hour. But when I have my seven-year-old home with me, it's like Mm -hmm. I can throw that schedule out the window. and so. I think that is just, it's not necessarily like a one blooper. It's just more so, yeah, yeah, just like a life, Mm -hmm. life happens thing. But yeah, just, it's not all rainbows and butterflies back here. And back in the back, (laughs) there is, there's craziness and Mm -hmm. madness back here. What is it? I saw recently the grass isn't always greener, the grass is fake or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, no one's perfect. No one's life's perfect. No one has the perfect business. No. There's always mishaps and whatnot that happen. Yes. 100%. Mm-hmm. What about you? Oh girl, I, I told you, I'm like every week, I swear I have like a new blooper, but this is one that happened in June, which definitely uh, killed my month and I did not hit my goal because of it. So I have been traveling like a crazy person all summer, all over the place, all the time. I'm going to Chattanooga tomorrow. Just got back from Bristol. But anyways, when I got back from Knoxville, I went immediately to a family reunion up in Michigan and was coming home that Friday because I had a show on Saturday. So it was a struggle getting home, flying with two kids. My first flight got delayed two hours or something. So I missed all the connections, ended up getting stuck in Atlanta, ended up a five-hour layover. (laughs) We couldn't even get to Greensboro. We had to fly into Charlotte. Poor Zach, who had chemo earlier that day, had to come drive down to Charlotte, pick us up because my car was in Greensboro. All this stuff happens. Get up Saturday morning, six o'clock to go to Matthews for my event, go to start the truck and the battery's dead. So when I drove back from Knoxville, it was raining and I had turned the lights on and I had left my lights on for two weeks. Well, it probably died way before two weeks, Oh my god! but it killed my battery and there's no mechanics who can come out at six in the morning and jump your battery. And I like killed, killed my battery. I had to get a brand new battery 
And therefore, because my I still didn't have my car, my car was still at the Greensboro airport. So it's not like I could put everything in my car and, you know, huff it to Matthews with, <laughs> yeah. with the car. So I ended up missing my event and I really, oh, I was so upset. I was really looking forward to it. And I really went through so much to get there, to get home, to do it. And yeah, so it really, yeah, it really hurt my June. And then I had to go buy a new battery on top of it. Mm, man. So yeah. So, you know, life happens, things happen. We make mistakes, you know, none of us are perfect. You just gotta, like I always say, just keep swimming. Like Dory says, just keep swimming, mm-hmm. and, you know, just do your best. <laughs> and like, that was your, the pit. And then, yeah. you know, a few weeks yeah. later, you had your Pittsburgh show. I know. And, and it, it made up for it. Good. And I honestly, like, I, you know, coming to Pittsburgh, it was this whole fiasco thing because I found out two days before I was leaving that I couldn't bring the truck because the ceiling clearance of the building I was supposed to be in was only 10 feet and all this stuff. So it's this whole fiasco getting there. And then I ended up being moved. She felt bad because of all the mix up. So she moved me to the front building where I could have brought the truck. <laughs> and so I was like, well, bummer. It's like, okay. And then I had a stellar weekend. So, you know, I was blessed that she had moved me to a better location just because I was flexible and willing to work with her. She was like, I, you know, I felt bad and I wanted to give you this spot. Someone didn't want it. So I'm giving it to you. So, and I had a stellar weekend. So yeah, you got to take the the bad with the good. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, and I'm sure that that battery wasn't a cheap one with Dolly. No, no, (laughs) it wasn't. No. Uh, I can only imagine. Yeah, it's like the battery in the truck is actually because it's a a step van. Like think of a FedEx truck where you come in the side door and there's stairs, and the battery is under the stairs. It's not even in the front. That's how you access it. You lift up the stairs, and it's this big old battery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I couldn't like I couldn't even jump it with my car when I got my car there. I couldn't even jump it. They had to bring the mechanic came out to my house and he brought this like box to use to jump trucks and his truck both to get it to jump so that he could get it to the shop. To- <laughs> wow. Like I couldn't even jump it with my car. Yeah, it was. It was- <laughs> wow. A whole ordeal. Oh, yes. A whole you won't thing. leave your lights on again. No, no, I won't make that mistake again. Nope. <laughs> or maybe I will. Cause I know. <laughs> on me, girl, I'm all over the place. <laughs> it happens. Yes. Oh, all right. Well, thank you all for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week. We will see you in two weeks with another interview. And until then, feel free to shoot us a DM or follow us on dreamer.2.entrepreneur. And we'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to our mommy show. Please subscribe and share with all your friends. See you in two weeks. Have a good day.